while we're waiting for um, Fiat to come on, I want to say hello to everyone. Um, those welcome to the Keeping It Real with Sunshine. Basically, what I'm doing is being a connector, giving a platform for all those who want to share their stories, whether it's um, a struggle with um, life or talking with people, um, businesses, lost loved ones, all of that good stuff. So today, before I bring my first guest on, um, <clears throat> um, that's one that I wanted to talk about. So I'm about to bring her on. And we're going to have a great time, a great conversation about what's going on in her life, how we met, dealing with different situations in our life that um, brought us to where we are now. So with further to do, um, my first guest for today is Fiat Hollins. Hold on, y'all. Say, bring her on. Fiat, you still there? Come on. Fiat, you there? Goodness Ooh. gracious. Finally. This technology is something else. Listen, I was saying I'm here. I was like, I'm here. I think I <clears throat> said that. So, for those who are on, please like and share. Please like and share. Because what this woman right here has to say, you want to hear her. Her great story. Oh, that so, is so nice. So Before nice. I ask her any questions, I'm just going to tell you how I met her or how we met was, uh, I want to say 2015. That's, that's yeah. accurate. I think. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you got to the, um, to the deed's office, when did you get there? Um, January, 2015. Okay. So yeah. A couple of days after uh, Martin Luther King's birthday. Okay. So I met her at the registered Wayne County Register of Deeds. And when I first met her, I knew for a fact that she didn't belong there. I didn't belong there either. Wow. That's, Hello. That was a whole different conversation. Her energy that she um, exemplified was like, yeah, you don't belong here. Then she, uh, think a couple times we went to lunch and we were talk about her books, which I've read. And I was like, yeah, I was confirmed. She don't belong here. <laughs> and um, over time, uh, we got closer. We had a little trio going on or whatever. And we would uh, help each other out at the window. We would go to lunch. We um, conversated outside of work. And it's been like that since then. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk to her about was um, coping with a, a lost one. Um, February of 2016 is when I lost my dad. And maybe a month later, I don't even think it was a whole month, she lost her mom. It was mom. a month and some change, yeah. Yeah. Um, right after, basically, I kind of got my mind together, whatever the case may be, because I was out of it. Um, she lost her mom unexpectedly. And... Um, that was a, I think I left in May of that year. And it was something to, you know, deal with. We talked like, you okay? You all right? You'd be like, not today. No. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, it's, it's too early. It's too soon. Can you tell the people about how, um, how you dealt with that situation um, with your mom passing? Oh, no. She here again? Happen. Hello. 
We're trying to get her back. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> so can you tell the people how you um, cope with um, the unexpected passing of your mom? Listen, I don't even know. I'm just just surviving for the most part. Um, I just have a lot of support. So like my stepdad, my kids, and just everybody that loved her, we just just keep her memory alive by just honoring her by, you know, listening to music because she really loved music. She loved to dance. So of course that's all that's in me. So I make sure I just do things that make me think of her. I write because that was um, our connection because she was an avid reader. So I just do things to kind of just channel her through me so that I can, you know what I'm saying? Just keep it pushing because yeah, not only did I lose my mother, I'm my only child. So it was just like, are you serious right now? And I just felt like I wasn't prepared for that at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess if you know, like somebody is sick, then you can have some type of preparation. But um, she was only 59 years old. And I'm like, well, what the heck just happened? Right. So that's how I'm coping. Just I make sure this to um, just to stay in alignment. I make sure to meditate. So I just do all those kinds of things just to keep me centered and to understand that everything does happen for a reason, whether mm -hmm. we like it or not. So. There was a high, there was a reason for her um, passing away suddenly, like she did. You know what I'm saying? So, just putting stuff in perspective in that way to see the blessing even in in death. Yeah. So that's how I'm coping. Um, I think um, we had talked before that um, writing. Um, it was another thing that we connected to. Music was another thing that we connected to. Right, because um, we all, we did that little karaoke thing. You went up there, yes. we like, what you doing? Right, what you, like. You got you know, these pipes. You don't belong here. You don't belong here at the deeds. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, I still have to give my manuscript to you about the book uh, that I've been sitting on for forever. So, See? this is another reason why I made... Um, helping with the platform because a lot of people um do write a lot of people do sing they do some of the creative things that we have been blessed with and we don't have a lot of platforms for us to talk about creativity what it takes to be creative or you know be um confident in on in what you do i can't do what you do i'm not into films and you know things like that um but that's what you do and um, so tell us a little bit about how how did you get into filming? It's crazy because I've always loved films. Like I've been watching movies, you know, since I was a kid or whatever. I've always loved films, but I got into filming because about like 11 or 12 years ago, I posted on Facebook that um, I made the status and I just said I'm a writer because I was going through this period where I was just really trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. So I put on, put this status that I'm a writer and this girl that I went to high school with, like I didn't even talk to her in high school. That's, this is the crazy part. We, I we never even had a conversation, but of course we were friends on Facebook or whatever. She sent me an inbox and just asked me for my address. Mm -hmm. I didn't even question her. That, that's all she said. She was just like, hey, send me your address. So a few days later I received three books in the mail and they were all books on screenwriting and I'm like well that's odd so I, I just read all of the books because I'm saying like okay just let me let me do this but I'm thinking now that I now that I think back on it I think she probably sent me those books because at the time I was writing for this online blog soap opera mm -hmm. and it was me and like three or four other girls I think it was three so we would have we had this weekly blog where we was, it was like a soap opera but it was in blog format so people would read mm -hmm. it and it was very really popular mm -hmm. called Anderson Place and I liked that format because it seemed like it was a show you know how you have episodes 
like mm. a you know TV show. We wrote it in our episodes weekly, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so um, after I read those books, I'm like, okay, I possibly can do this because prior to that, I didn't think it was possible at all. I'm like, ain't no way I can write a movie. It's like, how? And then someone hit me onto the web series Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, that's when I knew that I can possibly do it. So that's how I got into it. I just started reading, started taking. Did your computer screen freeze? It just did something. Let me see. I started taking. taking classes and teaching myself how to um, screenwrite and all that kind of stuff, just practicing. And I just taught myself from there and just, just started writing. Hmm. So I could say somebody actually sowed a seed into you. And here we are. Those seeds have um, matured. Um, so before we get off, I said I would give myself an hour to talk. Um, those books that you wrote um, or your like social media handles, this is about you know putting your products out here too. Um, to, um, I always believe we one person away from that, that one connection we need to get us out here and um, our names being known um so before we get off we will definitely that. talk about the the books the current project that you're working on um with the film um your previous film that you did did you win an award for that didn't you win something no i was um i was selected in the the detroit what was it called goodness the trinity international film festival detroit trinity international film festival festival so mm-hmm. the short film was selected as a, it was a, selected as a film option. No, it didn't win any awards, but it was selected as a film, as a film in the festival. Hmm. That's still good. Yep. It is. I mean, listen, I'm happy about that because they had to go through a whole, you know, scrutiny, scrutinous process on selecting films. And mine was selected over like thousands that were some, um, submitted they scaled it down to maybe like 60 or like all over the world because it's an international film festival. So yeah, one of my films are chosen. So I'm excited about that. Um, Definitely don't discount that. Also, you, not so long, was it before your mom passed or after? When you did the film um, and you asked everybody to come in and talk about their struggle? Um, the get, was that, that was Get Naked. Yes. That was before. Mm-hmm. So, so that was 2017. That. Okay, tell them about that. So Get Naked was just a, um, it was a movement I was starting to help people share their stories, to, you know, to get unstuck and remove the layers of baggage that hold us back. Mm-hmm. Because at the core of everything that I do, I'm always talking about healing, getting unstuck, and showing up as your true authentic self. Right. So getting to the core of that is saying that people, for the most part, don't usually know who they are and they're pretty much lying, hiding, or, you know, doing things. Um, just not being who they are because of them being ashamed to do that. So I right. called it get naked for that, for that reason, because I knew that it would get people's attention because our mind naturally goes to, oh, something nasty when you hear something about getting naked. So, but it was more so about removing the layers and getting to the core. So that's why I called it Get Naked. But my goal with that was to get people to share their stories of something that they've gone through, some trauma that they've gone through and what they did to get to heal from it. So yeah, you came in and talked about your story and a few other women told their story. But what I found was that there weren't many people who were willing to share their story publicly. They wanted me to, they wanted to tell me their stories, but they wanted to remain anonymous, which is why I do creative writing, which is why I do films and all of that, because 
a lot of people come to me with their stories because they trust me with their stories, but they're not ready to show their faces or attach their name to it. And I felt like these stories need to be told. So I had, you know, I got to get them out somehow. I couldn't just keep sitting with them because for years, all I did was just listen. Right. I'm like, I need to, why are y'all telling me this? What y'all want me to do with this information? Right. So I just started making like short films and skits about certain things. Which is, um, I was talking yesterday, um, really introducing this platform. Um, a lot of people, uh, said negative things about me. Like I talk too much or I tell my business too much. And really it was there. I didn't realize that, um, talking these things out was actually therapy for me, even though I didn't go and sit on nobody's couch, even though I have done it before. Right. But, um, when you start sharing your story and your ups and downs and all of these things, um, you never know that the person that you're actually talking to went through the exact same thing. So now exactly. I got a friend um, together going through the same thing or been through the same thing I've been through and you actually can help me. Absolutely. If you don't say anything if you keep your mouth shut, no one's <laughs> going to know um, yeah, I used to be suicidal. Yes, I used to do this and that. And you'd be like, what? How? You right. Know? How did you, you get through that? Yeah, like, yeah. No. If you can't. Our stories are here too. We have to tell them. Our yes. stories do not belong to us at all. And we exactly. got that misconception. It's a, I believe it's a cultural thing too. Because we're taught, you know, Can what goes on in this house, stay in this house. house. You know, don't, no, no. That's causing some generational trauma and issues. issues. So yeah, our stories yeah. don't belong to us. So they're meant to connect and heal us. So not saying that you need to tell every little thing. That I mean, that part is true. You want to keep something to yourself. But if it's something that can release some trauma, release some pain, that can help somebody else, then it definitely needs to be shared and talked about. That's the problem well, because yeah, people cover stuff up. They don't. They want to keep the secret. They want to. They want to be free, but they don't want to do what it call, what what it takes to totally be free. Yes, like, because that's painful. Painful. It's like painful. you want me to pull this onion layer off of me? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And then I gotta look at you. Like, who does that? I do. Yeah. Then you gotta out some people, and it's it's a whole yes. process. Yep, you gotta deal with the you know the repercussions of. The truth being told, I mean, if we, I think at, you know, the generations before us, if they could have told some of the things, oh my God, that they went through and held on to and, you know, um, being molested and raped and, you know, all of that really don't belong to you and everything. Listen, you know how much free we would be. (laughs) I'm telling you. Yes. Less medication, less uh, problems in your body because you've been holding this secret for so long. And people don't realize those things do affect your body. They do. They cause illness too. It be, once, I mean, it definitely becomes physiological. It does. Right. Because when you're holding stuff in, hiding stuff, suppressing it, it causes stress. It causes all these other things that lead to a breakdown and awareness of your body but a lot of people don't look at it that way but that's how i started looking at it because people think it automatically just comes out or that it only comes out in our behavior which it does but the stuff that we're holding on to causes other issues as well and i'm so like i ain't holding on to this of, i'm telling you speaking of so now we have um other things that we have in common um i don't know if you want to touch on that but listen, uh, I just don't know what you about to say. But I don't. I'm open book. What you about to touch on? Let's. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm one ready. of one of the conversations that we used to have was, <laughs> um, I I guess our sexuality, right? Oh, oh, you could. Oh, okay. You know, I I write about it, so you you could touch on it. I'm just saying. So I, I okay, okay. To keep it real, right? Keep it real. So, touch on another it. Another reason why we were so cool was I was, uh, I had a lot of questions. 
when it came to um, sexuality, like, were, was I um, bisexual? <laughs> was I, I was married at the time, like, why am I What's still really not, Yeah, what in the world are we, uh, I was so confused. And um, we had to talk like, okay, so you have to be real with yourself and ask these questions. What, why do you feel this way? What happened? Yep. Like, you actually put a mirror to my face. Like, is is this the route you want to go? Because when you open this door, it might be a hard time for you to get back to where you think in your mind you want to be. Absolutely. So, this was another conversation that we had outside <laughs> of our daily, you know, drama that was going on at work. And, Listen, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because when I met you, I was dating a whole woman. It's like, dude. Mm -mm. Yes, and she wanted to beat horrible. me up. Horrible. <laughs> she Just wanted to horrible. beat me up at your birthday party. That is true. Five years like, ago. Uh, so who is she? I'm like, I, hey, I'm just a co-worker. That's it. But that's a whole nother story. Exactly. For but, another time. But yeah. Exactly. So, okay. So being in the conversation that we had with, I want to say switching, because that's not the right word to say. Um, living the life that we were living at that time. How was it um, raising two two girls? You know your two daughters. How was that? Like, did that affect Enrique, them? Enrique. As far as my sexuality goes, yeah. Like, did that affect them? Did oh. they have questions? No, because once I started this um, healing journey, so I started doing this healing journey like almost eight years ago, when I realized that I had some issues. Because I kept repeating the same patterns, you know what I mean? Like picking the same mates, regardless if it was girl or boy, I still was going through the same thing. So I've always been pretty open with them. I just had to get to the root of why I was behaving the way that I was behaving, right? Mm -hmm. So my oldest daughter, who was 27 now, she already knew. She grew up with me being in relationships with women and being in relationships with men. It, it's just never been a thing. And my youngest daughter, who was 14, again, I've been always, I've always been open and honest with her. So mm -hmm. short answer, no, that didn't affect them because mm -hmm. they're, they're both pretty open-minded individuals, which is good. Mm -hmm. So, um, they don't judge anybody, treat anybody unfairly because of their sexual, they, you know, sexuality, any of that stuff. But as far as, um, I go, I had to get to the point where I had to ask myself what is it that you want to do are you are you gay are you bi are you are you straight like what is it that you're doing so it was more so I needed to answer the question for myself so going through the healing process going through therapy going through self-awareness all this stuff on my own doing the work I came to the conclusion that I shouldn't shouldn't have been getting into relationships with women that was more of a me trying to find love. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like twofold. I was trying to find love and I'm also trying to satisfy the, the sexual, sexual nature of who I am. Mm -hmm. So I was confusing the two because I could have quite easily just had sex with them. But I didn't make the connection. So at this point, I realized that I shouldn't have been. I ain't going to say shouldn't have been because that's a judgmental word. But um, I don't see myself being in relationships with women anymore. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I still, you know, still think women, I think women are beautiful. I think they're attractive. But since I know who I am now and what it is that I want, I don't have like sexual desires for women like that anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I felt like if I were to, it would be just for that to satisfy a need, mm -hmm. not for relationship purposes, purposes. If that makes yeah. sense. 
It so is. that's where I am with that. So <clears throat> just touching on that, some people know and some people don't. Yes, I have been with girls before. And it was more so um, the periods that I was doing it was, um, I call it self self-destruction or um hmm i wouldn't say it was curious either but more self-destruction of a i don't want to be what you want me or you think i should be so i'm gonna do the total opposite of what you think going going on no did i have emotional attachments to a girl not at all it was basically in a nutshell just sex and it wasn't all that I, you know, imagined in my head that it would be. So that was short-lived. Even though, excuse me, you have moments, you be like, oh, she's beautiful. But no, I don't want to sleep with you. No, I don't want you. And you have to get to that decision. Basically, it is a decision of, are you going to be with a girl? Are you going to be with a guy? And over time, it was like, that's not what I want. It's not. In some some cases, more um, drama to it than it was trying to even actually get in a relationship. It was just like, nah, I'm good on Hello? that. Hello, right? Yes, that that. Mm -mm. So going fast forward, once I made a decision, like, yeah, this is not it. You know, you have to embrace your um, femininity. That was a whole nother ball game of stepping up and the makeup, the dress, the bras, the this and that, like, okay, get comfortable <laughs> in you. Cause I dress comfortable. I like pants. I like all of this stuff that made me look more so like a boy than I did a girl. So when I started okay. actually getting back into a mirror and actually seeing that, yeah, you're beautiful. Um, you don't have to live life like this. It was more so like, okay, now I made a decision that I'm, I'm okay. I like being a woman now. I like this. So my whole mindset had to change and which caused my whole body to change. And um, going forward, it was like, okay, now I'm into dudes and that's it. Case closed, period. Shut it down. <laughs> that's it. That's over. So what do you think that had to do with the, with your clothes, though? Did you not feel like you were feminine because you dressed? Mm -mm. I mean, not at all. Okay. Now you remember how I used to dress? No. Listen, was, but I don't. I didn't see boy. I just saw that that's how you dressed. That you were comfortable. I didn't see that you were dressing like a boy. No, it was just more so the comfort level. I wasn't in 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 an impressive mode to be like, okay, I want to go to the store and buy a dress. I'd rather buy pants. I'd rather buy. You know, something that I'm just like, okay, let me sit on the porch and have my legs cocked up. But there's nothing wrong with pants, though. Women no, can wear it's pants. Not. But when you've been so brave, I wear pants. I barely wear like, dresses. I rarely wear dresses. Yeah, I know that. But in my mind, it was just like, yeah. if they had to pick at that time, they'd be like, yeah, I think she's gay. Just by how I dressed and how I carried myself then. Now, some conversations you look at me now, you'd be like, I don't look nothing like or act like anything that was from a couple of years ago. Like the whole mindset is totally different. Okay. So, with that I still being think you said, can <laughs> it's like, so I thought it was um, cool. I have some people that are doing like music videos and they want to do like a trap in the closet type of film deal. I was like, well, I know some people who's into film, who's into um, just having the whole creativity on a whole nother level. So the first person I thought of was you. I feel like <laughs> um, your story in general, we is so many, it's, so much um, that we have in common um, that I felt like you would be the, the perfect person to start it off with. Like, you can't judge a book by its cover. You have no idea what people go through 
on a daily basis what right. was your mental state like like going through the different transitions in your life like where were you listen um lost for the most part mm -hmm. like i really went i really feel like for the the huge chunk of my life i did not know who i was at all you know yeah. what i mean like i knew like i know that i'm a free spirit i know that i know that i have to have my hand in different things like as far as creatively Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's certain things that I didn't know about me, but as far as like narrowing it down specifically, I didn't know who I was. So I was just out here pretty much winging it. So my mindset for the most part was pretty much I wasn't addressing anything. I was sweeping a lot of things under the rug. I was ignoring things. I was n not looking at the signs. I, it was just a whole bunch of stuff. So I was just out here. But once I started doing the work, I just been just made sure that I was consistent with doing the work because I had a goal of what I wanted to be. So I would say, I want this type of relationship. I want these type of people in my life. And that's just not only romantic relationships, it's friendships as well. Mm -hmm. So I just made sure to, I mean, I listened to like billions of podcasts, look at a bunch of interviews, a whole bunch of everything that has to do with mindset and personal growth and self-awareness i li listen to look at read that every single day there's so not a day that to yourself all day more than affirm just everything how to manifest what you want how to you know be consistent how to do the work show up every single day mm -hmm. there's there are no days off like literally because now it's a habit so that's what i've been doing Mainly, um, I will say like the last two years have really been, you know, transformative when I'm really seeing that, okay, I'm doing the work and I can see the fruits of my labor because I'm being consistent with stuff because okay. I would do things and drop the ball and pick it back up, of course, but I've been more consistent, I will say the last two years. So it hasn't, um. It hasn't those these two years hasn't looked like the previous ones where I'm not attracting those certain type Wrong of people. people. I'm not attracting right. unavailable people because all I will attract are people who were married, people right. who were in long term relationships, all and people who were just trash. trash. But at the same right. time, it's that's a reflection of I mean, you know what I'm saying? We attract who right. we are, not what we want. And we get that exactly. confused. It's like you may want that, but are you that? Right. Are you ready to accept that or attract that? So I'm not attracting trash anymore because I've done the work on myself because at some point I was trash. I mean, that's, you know how I talk. I mean, it's like, whatever. The words, it's like, um, not saying to be I would hard, say, but I'm attracting trash. I was not even just trash. I was a straight hoe. And even in marriage, <laughs> I was one. Like, the truth has to be told like i said yesterday yes like, when you tell the truth and you tell your own story nobody has power over you exactly i, know I was a that part. I, I was doing you name it i was doing it and i thought that not on just on the strength of oh i'm not gonna get caught or anything it was just like so disrespectful on all levels that i mainly disrespected myself like, how, how can I say that I want a successful marriage when I went out on the, almost on a daily basis, like, ooh, what piece of meat am I going to get today? You know what I'm saying? Listen, yep. <laughs> yes, that part. You you have you to like, be, be real with yourself. And I think, the like I said, I named this being keeping it real. That's all I can be. I can't be fake. I can't um, go through life thinking like, "Hey, I didn't, I didn't do this." I can't be judgmental on anybody on the stuff that right. I have done. And thank God I'm still here. Hello. <laughs> Look, hello. That's, Wait, that's so a whole other episode. A whole nother yes. conversation. Like I, I'm not yes, supposed man. to be here. I could, you know, been out here with AIDS and all types of stuff. But, 
just killed, just doing dumb stuff. Listen, but you know, my no first short limit. film was called, um, you know, my first short film was called Daddy's Girl is a Hoe. That's why we got some, because it's some, people got to talk about it. They don't want people. to. This is the, this is the people. thing. Like People got to talk about it. When we're in our 40s, you know, when we were young, we thought 30 and 40 was old. Until you get there right. and you be like, you know what? This mm -hmm. ain't old at all. And nope. you have to be this, real. This is a new 20. This is a new 20 for me. Uh, that stuff in the closet will catch up with you. Yeah. It, it's no longer trapped in the closet. Now, is, are you going to open the door or all the bones going to fall out at one time? Which one are you going to do? Because right. it's coming out. Which is why you got to show up as your most authentic, true self as much as possible. Because I'm saying that that's easy because it's really not easy at all. I'm at the point um, where I don't care about anybody's opinion of me. And that was the be the best decision that I made for myself in these 42 mm -hmm. years that I have been on earth. That I no longer can be the people pleaser and not, you know, be worried about yes. myself. What what's your thoughts of me doesn't matter. You can't do nothing about it. Plus, you know, absolutely, I've grown absolutely. from my mistakes. Now that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. When you went through all these things, what ha what was the lesson you learned? There's no way in the world I could have gone and got remarried if I never learned the lessons that I did in my own marriage. Right. Where am I going from this? Where where did I grow from this? Like yes. it wasn't just him. It was me too. So now it's like conversations that I'm gonna have that I didn't have before. Now it's like, okay, I know now. I understand. It's it's never um as they, you know, mature people always say there's no there's no manual to how to raise children. There's no manual that says right. how your marriage is supposed to be. You you might have an idea, but there, there's no one, two, no, start over. Show one, exactly. two, there is none. So you make your, your history right there. So what was the lessons that you learned? So with that being said, what are some of the lessons that you have learned from you know all the some of the mistakes that you made or you felt like were mistakes so where you are now what are some of the lessons you've learned i'm interested the main lesson that i learned was that you have to be honest mm -hmm. that's the main that's the main lesson the what the theme that i see in all of my relationships just throughout my life is that i was telling like half truths. I was saying, you know what I mean? Which is still lies. So I would tell you some things, but I wouldn't tell you all things. Okay. So I was, you know, okay, so just like recently, just recently, this is an example. Mm -hmm. I'm using this as, a, this is my most recent example because even still, even though I've done a lot of healing work and I've grown a lot, I still make, you know, I'm still making mistakes and that's fine because I'm learning from it. So I just, I just got out of a two-year relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Like super recently. And while I thought it was great, it was close. It was the closest I've gotten to my ideal relationship, right? But I had to be honest because the way it ended, it ended not so favorably. You know what I mean? It was... The communication kind of sucked. I ain't gonna say kind of. The communication sucked. So the way it ended, it was more, it was, it was very immature to me. So instead of us like having a conversation about it, we like legit broke up via text message or something. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how does that happen when you're 40 plus years old? Yeah. But the reality is, and there was, it's a whole bunch more to go to that, that goes into that. But I had to be honest from what I'm, what I'm looking from my perspective is that I wasn't honest from jump because had I been honest from the jump, we would have never been in a relationship because he wasn't quote unquote what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So what I'm learning is that I need to just be 
upfront in the beginning. So I wanted someone to, you know, be there for me, provide for me, be nice, love my kids. But there was an element to the relationship that's really important to me, which is the, um, the attraction, the sexual element that I put on the back burner because he had everything else. Else. So what I'm learning is that if you don't address that stuff early on, it'll come back to bite you. So at the end, the same way I got him is the same way I kind of, you know, that's that saying is true. So I'm learning that you have to know what you know what you want and be honest about what you want, whatever that is. If you want to be a hoe in these streets, be a hoe. Don't sit up there and act like you want to be married. Right, right. <laughs> don't, don't do, you know what I mean? Be honest with people. So that's the main thing that I would say. I One think, of the main things I would say. Uh, I think for me, communicating your real feelings is, has been my, um, my delivering bone, if, if you want to say. Because a lot of times, I, stuff bothered me, and I would shut down. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. nothing, trying to spare somebody's feelings. And, that you know, it's like... That's the whole part right there. You you hurting yourself you in the skin. end. Right. You, you hurting yourself. If you don't sit up here and tell me, um, me snatching this Band-Aid off really hurts, but I'm just going, you know... Yeah. Yeah, so that's it now right there. it's like when um <clears throat> I met my husband. Well, I I knew him for years. Our first date, literally, we at the uh, restaurant, and I then drunk like five sodas, pop, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, "Babe, what's wrong with you? Why are you drinking this pop like that?" Instead of saying anything, I shut down. Like on our first date, like, dude. Now you trying to be controlling too? That's what I said in my head. So we left right. the restaurant, went to the movies, and I ain't said a word. He like, you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, mm -hmm. And he looking like, nah, you ain't all right. What's going on? So we had to step outside the movie. At the time, it was the Joker. And we went outside, and we talked. And I'm like, listen, in order for us to go any further, I need to tell you, you hurt my feelings. And this is why you reminded me of him and this, this, and that. And he said, well, babe, why you didn't say that while we was at dinner? That could have been solved. And I said, well, I didn't know, you know, what box you was going to come out of. So I ain't saying right. that. But then it checked me again. Like, if we're going forward, I got to be honest with you or this ain't going to work. Some stuff exactly. I ain't thinking no more. You either. Yes. Uh, you can bring that baggage over. Right. Mm -hmm. So communication has That's definitely true. been the one thing that I have totally learned from. Like, no, when it's hurt, it hurt. When it feels good, it feels good. And I'm going to definitely let you know on both ways, period. Yeah. So I'm like, I am definitely having a good time actually uh, probably revealing some things that most people did not know. But it's okay. It's okay. That's why I was like, oh, you, you want to go there? You you yes. gonna go there? Like, don't ask me because you know I've been going but, there for the past seven years though. So. But the conversation, mm -hmm. I mean, it's nothing to it. Like it's gonna be in the book anyway, and some people probably thought it anyway, so it don't even matter. <laughs> Perhaps. I'm just saying. As long as it, I mean, long as you felt like it was necessary and you feel freer because of it. So absolutely. Because guess what? I told you earlier, I don't care about nobody's opinion, okay? There is no heaven or hell that you can put me in. And what I've done in the past is in the past. Where I am now is totally on the stairway to heaven, okay? All right, then. Okay, then. Um, what else? Hmm. So... Where did you learn how to dance? Now, these people in these streets don't really understand that you was That's in funny. here trying to DJ. You was out here in these streets trying to dance. And <laughs> Where did Listen, that come from? I don't be trying to dance. I know how to dance, girl. I'm just saying. I say it's right. <laughs> Listen, the DJing thing is because I really love music. I okay. really, really do. So 
I'm not a DJ, even though I think it's cool. I'm more of a, there's this girl out here. Her name is, um, she go by the Playlist Princess. I think that's a perfect name. I'm more of a playlist person. I can, I can put some music together. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a DJ, but yeah. But dancing, I've always danced. Always danced. My mom danced. It was just something that I grew up seeing. And then it's just in all of us, all of us dance. Me and my kids, we dance. Yes, I know. They don't know that. Everywhere. But I know. It's almost they don't like know that you know. When you dance, it's almost like it puts you in the mindset of the first time you went skating. Either you have the chance, like, I'm putting skates on and I'm going to get out here and I might just fall or I just learn and, you know, just, you know, get on the side and just walk around until I feel like I'm confident to actually skate. Or you just go there just to watch. Like, there's a lot of people go skating and they don't never put on no skates. They never. I ain't put on no people. Like, oh, I wish I could. Oh, that looks sweet. Exactly. But when I yep. watched you... And uh, your oldest daughter danced together. I mean, I think we were hustling or something. And it was just Probably. like... Look, more than like um, this. Yes. The, um, <laughs> the connection that y'all have with each other is, um, I would say, a healthy, just for outside looking in, a healthy relationship that I feel like sometimes lack in a mother and daughter um, relationship because either... You know, mom got some jealousy issues or whatever. The daughter is um, trying to find herself. But when right. I watched y'all, it was more so like, that's what's up. You know, mom, I could talk to you about any and everything and there's no judgment. I would rather, right. you know, you really come to me about situations and then we can handle it together. So I will commend you for that. Thank you. And that by the way, people too. out here on Facebook, her oldest daughter is a nurse, right? She is a nurse. So a whole nurse. A whole nurse. So that goes to show you for all those who are single parents and all of that good stuff that things um can happen for you. Like I said, her daughter, um was she in, no, was she in high school? No. I think she was just starting mm-hmm. school. So let me see. She was about 22 when I met you. Yeah. She was just getting on the path of wanting to know what she wanted to do with herself. And did she want to take the steps necessary? Was she going back and forth, like living with you and not living with you at the time? Uh, Yeah. Up until like a year ago. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. She just wouldn't get out. I was trying to put her out. And I realized like, that ain't the way to go. She didn't she didn't want to leave. But she didn't know what she wanted to do, but then she realized that, that she no, I ain't gonna say she didn't know what she wanted to do. She didn't want to do the work. Cause mm-hmm. she's all she's been saying since high school. She wanted to be a neonatal nurse. But then it, life became too hard for her. She's just like, Oh my god, it's gonna take forever. So she tried other things. Like she went to school for dental assistant and all this stuff. I'm like, What are you doing? That ain't what you wanna do. So she she um, I think on the way out the door, I wanted to uh, touch on the day because I remember I read something on your um, Facebook page when you was like, "I'm about to leave the deeds. I'm gone. <laughs> Today is my last day." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what?" And at the time, yep. you didn't have a job. You didn't have anything at the time. Nope. And so I'm all like, did she really just quit yep. her job? Showed it. And was like, I'm going to figure Deuces. it out out here because yep. this, this is for the birds. So I want you to walk me through the process of that or coming up to like the week of, the day of, and you was like, you know what, here's this badge. I'm done. I'm over it. And I'm just going to I mean, bills don't stop because you quit your job. Sure don't. Everything I do is is pretty much strategic. I am not, um, I'm a very unorthodox, non-traditional 
person. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't my first time quitting a government job. I've always had like good, quote unquote, good government jobs. So that was technically like my third government job that I quit because I've always known, like you said, that I, it's, I don't belong. And I knew that there was something greater. It's just that I couldn't figure out the necessary steps to take because I always, you know, I had a kid. I was a teen mom, so I've always had a kid for the most part. You know what I'm saying? So I never really got a chance to really figure out, like, what it is that you want to do and live your passion because I was too busy providing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I would get these these gut, pretty much like gut punches saying, like, you need to figure it out because if you don't, you're going to constantly be unhappy. So fast forward anyway, register deeds. You already know how register deeds is. It provided... It, it was a job. It provided for me. And I would have been, I probably would have stayed longer while I worked on my plan had they not started messing with me. They started suspending me. That was the problem. I'm like, um, how old are we? I've never, ever, ever gotten reprimanded at a job. So you mean to tell me now I'm just doing So after the third time of being suspended, and it was a five-day therapist was just like, you have to go. It's, it's wearing on your body. So then I started having a lot of health issues, which goes back to our, the beginning of our conversation. So just a whole lot of health issues. And it weren't, um, I won't say it was necessarily like, life-threatening but they were persistent mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so i ended up getting, having like this enlarged thyroid and then i had like these bladder issues and just all this stuff that kept me from you know really focusing on top of them messing with me at the time mm -hmm. so i made the plan i was just like on this day i'm just i'm going to leave i'm going to take the money from my pension, retirement, whatever the technical word is. Because again, you can't go to everybody with your plan because of course everybody has an opinion and they're going to be like, mm -hmm. old school people are going to say, you can't take the money from that. You're going to be penalized. I didn't care about any of that because again, I had done this before. So I knew that I was going to take my money from that and then I was just going to save it and hold it and use it for my bills. So when you say the bills don't stop, that's what I was going to use to pay my bills. So on the back end, the apartment where I was living, my daughter was going to take over the rent. So I don't have to worry about rent at this point. Mm. And at the time I was going to move in with my, now my ex-boyfriend. So that's when like everything happens for a reason. So I wouldn't have to worry about bills. Only thing I had to worry about is like a car note. Mm. So that's how I planned it. So mm. I put in my notice and I quit. And then within the first two weeks i got my first client to help write their book so mm -hmm. that that took me over you know what i'm saying so i mm -hmm. saved that money and put it towards bills or whatever so i won't have to worry about working a nine to five and then COVID hit well no i'm before COVID hit i did take a um, part-time job because i'm not opposed to working i'm just mm -hmm. opposed to doing anything that goes that's not in alignment with who i am so I don't like spending all my time at somebody else's job. I don't. Right. So I said, I'm going to figure out what I want to do to push my business forward. So I took a part-time job so that I could still have money coming in so that I'm not pinching off of what I had saved. And then COVID hit. And then I was able to get unemployment. So everything worked. That's why I say everything worked out for my, you know, in my favor because I took the leap. I didn't yeah. know... COVID was going to hit. I didn't know anything about unemployment. So I took that money and again, I I saved it. So I paid my rent up for like a year because then since I didn't move in with my boyfriend, now I'm responsible for rent again, but I'm being more responsible with my money. So I just saved my money up so that I can stay in alignment doing what I want to do. And I'm not stressed out about how am I going to make ends meet because I got money stacked. So that's how I did it. So, 
um, before we get off, I need you to, um, I guess, put your handle out here, your social media stuff. So if they need to um, get a book, a movie, something, they have a person that they can get in touch with. Yeah, they can friend me on Facebook. They can send me a direct message. They can just, because my name is attached to this live, so they can just click on, like, my name and just inbox me. That's the, for real, best and easiest way is to direct message me. Mm-hmm. But you can go to my website. It's just like I don't really do much on my website, really. But <laughs> let me, I could type in my website just to have it there. But that is the best way to reach me is just by friending me on Facebook. So I will say, um, I'm glad we had this conversation. Me too. Thank you for having me on here. Yes, this was very fun. I hadn't talked to you. Well, we have talked, but not like this. Right. And so... Um, you're upcoming. You're working on a project now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could put the link for that, too. Mm-hmm. So, yes, now I'm working on a web series. The first episode dropped on Tuesday, and it was received really well. So I'm in the process of creating more episodes for that. It's called Happiness Ain't Everything, about three friends navigating single life and dating in Detroit. So it's hilarious. I'm on a video call. Oh, thank you. And, um, sorry about that. Three friends in Detroit navigating the single life and um, dating. So the first episode is available now on YouTube. And I'm also working on a memoir that's not dropping until April 3rd, which is going to say all the story. So that's called Lonely Girl in a Crowded Bed. So it's a memoir about healing, love, and self-worth. That's April 3rd that that drops. So um, your other books, are they on Amazon? or They are. So this is the whole point. Get your products out here for people to um, invest tap in to um what you about like i'm i'm super proud of you for real because i know uh-huh. thank I, you I, I was there and part of it you know yes um yep I that was, was the there, beginning. yeah i was um there in i guess where both of our lives changed yep and uh I said I would never forget that. Just you know, my dad, your Bye. mom, and it was just uh, uh that's when everything happened. Yeah. Everything like mentally, that's I couldn't right. function. Exactly. And I um, I quit in May of that that same year, and it was just like I think honestly. I didn't even grieve my dad until like a year later because yeah. I had to take care of the funeral. I had to take care of everything. Yeah. And I had to be strong enough to do that. And with you being the only child, it was, it was enough to be like, you know what? Right. I got to do this, but I don't want to, but ain't Absolutely. nobody else there to do it. So right. no, I had support, like, you know, my stepdad and all that, but I'm talking about as far as siblings and all this, you know. My mom you know, told you me to at the hospital, um, she didn't want to do nothing but show up. I had to do the calling. I had to, it was a lot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. even looking back at it almost four years later, is it four years? It'll be four years, yes. I think. We're going on five. No, it's, it's, we're going on five. We're going on five. It's mm-hmm. it's still mind-boggling, like, how in the world did I make it through? And I'm just now yep. getting back into the holiday swing of things. Like, 
because my dad was so into that i was like mm, no nah, i'm good i don't care about no fourth of july i don't care about nothing nothing not near holiday don't nobody exactly. care no <laughs> and i think totally. um, in my family literally once my dad passed i think it was two or three other cousins passed right like right after each other so when we had went to the awake you know for those I'm still looking at the door waiting for my dad to come through because he would have been. It don't seem real. You know, like, I still don't think it's real. I be like, really? I look at, I got this big old picture of her. I still, I look at it like, you for real gone? Like, this like yeah, you, you know, for real love? Like, and the crazy thing, um, my dad was in a wheelchair, or whatever. He was going next door to where my mom stayed, and he told them. Um, I made it home. So my auntie tells me this recently, like, you know, your dad, basically, I think he knew because he was going around at the nursing place. I mean, the assistant living place, like get your life together, blah, blah, blah. He was telling everybody this, which my dad doesn't do. So it was like, I think he knew. And then yeah. that day he passed. I had just deleted the last voicemail. He left me on my phone. Yeah, I believe they be knowing too. So I that totally kind of messed me up. Like I could have still to this day been able to hear his voice, you know, like yeah. the his unique laugh and you know stuff like that. It's like okay, now I feel like going into the fifth year, I'm definitely okay. Yeah, I'm Absolutely. definitely good. I'm okay with it, you know. And it's teaching you something. It's it's here to teach you something. So you gotta glean from whatever you like can you, from it. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I don't care even if you my dad was sick for 18 years. I don't care if you knew they were sick, you're never prepared for death. Never. I believe that. Never. Like, no, my dad yeah. has defeated death several times died on the table came back you mean to tell me superman is really dead no right. come on i'm all like dead with the thing in his mouth and everything like, i'm still waiting on him to like let me you know go in here and shake him like come on dad you can get up like this ain't it right girl bye it took me a whole yeah. a whole minute plus trying to you know still work and trying to be a basically a whole wife whatever you want to call it and live working like i'm saying yeah we just got to find ways to really to make it work like, yeah. cope. Uh -huh. i was one of those ones i'll never forget it this is the last thing the day <laughs> of the funeral he had um you know at the funeral home they had something the day before and then the day of the uh funeral i think it was on a friday and they went to crank um i knew the person that the mortician or whatever and i grabbed his arm and he told them to come get me so we up there at the casket like this is the last call why they say that this is the last call and he went to crank crank the um i think the door down they had already put the sheet or whatever over him and they told us to take whatever we want out of the casket, you know, whatever. They go to crank them. And in my mind, I'm saying, Daddy, don't leave me. And I swear, to this day, it was coming out of my mouth. But nothing came out. Nothing came out. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And I'm sitting up there like, no, daddy, don't leave me. And I'm like dramatic in my head, but nothing came out. But you're really calm. And, and yes, relaxed. it was yeah. freaky. Like, I couldn't move. I was like a stone. And then when they mm -hmm. closed it and rolled them by me, all I know is they had literally had to move my legs to sit me down because it was just like mm -hmm. yeah now what because that was my best friend like seriously so i'm all like in my head i said well i'm one day i'm gonna talk about this like 
in my head, I was all like really dramatic, like how they be in the comedies, like, Daddy, yeah. let me get in the casket with you. And then I, I ain't moving. Right. <laughs> I yeah. move. That's how you wanted to react with yes, your body. Was I just like but I guess the whole, just the drama of it, the traumatic of it, it was like, nah, you're not about to do nothing. You're just going to sit here. <laughs> Right. Stand here like I could have probably stood there a whole two more hours with nothing in front of me. Just stood there like just standing there. I don't want to yeah. eat. I don't want to do nothing. Like then my ex husband bought me a dog, girl. That was the funniest thing. A dog. My dog slept, yes, my dog slept with me. That was my coping. Yeah, cause we all like, we need something. Dog was there waiting for me. Like we gonna go to like I literally. Held the dog mm -hmm. until I got better, okay. and I was like, "Okay, now, nah, dog, I don't need you no more. You gotta go." Oh, don't do the dog like that! I don't did, do the I'm dog sorry. like that. I'm sorry. That's what I did. Don't do the dog like that. Well, anyway, we must do this. This was fun. Yes, we gotta come back for my samosa. Yeah, let me know when we come back. Yes, we're gonna um. I'm going to let people soak this in real quick because they're going to be like, oh, she dropped some nuggets. Like, oh, yeah, we're dropping nuggets and helping. And yes. So um, maybe in the next um, two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Just let me know. We'll, we'll do. I'm available. Yes, we'll do this again. So make sure.